Southern. 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 Knowledge. Knowledge podcast. You damn dirty ape. Fellas Martelli Fellas Martelli You are now tuned in to the Southern Knowledge Podcast with Malice Martel. What you gonna do? Uh, yeah. What you gonna do? Mm, yeah. And Uncle Daddy Luke, man, what's the last time you put the joint at the beginning of the uh, episode? I know you ain't been doing that. You man. know, Luke, I, I haven't, I haven't been in the stew. I've been having some disputes with my label, like Uzi, you know, really? as a lady. Okay. So I haven't been able to get into the stew like I need to be. But music will be dropping soon. The streets been asking for it. I've been out here every time I'm in the streets. They asking me where is that shit? The streets need it like that. Dope. So is it a label <laughs> issue or is it just uh, uh, getting cosigns and, and uh, checks off to be able to clear, it's clear a, the music? It's a label issue if my procrastination and laziness was who I was signed to. I mean, you know, I, I get on to myself about the stuff that I should be doing all the time and procrastinating, but it's just... If you get in the moment and you actually do it, man, that rectifies all, bro, when you actually get in the zone and start it, though. Uncle Luke, it's it's not on, that's not the only thing that's been stopping me from handling a lot of my business lately. Huh, what else? Something what else? that, if you listen to this show, particularly the last episode, you may be kind of confused. You may be wanting to come at Uncle Luke. You may be wanting to rub a little bit of things that's been happening since that last episode in Uncle Luke's face. You may be wanting to go and at him, saying he's fake news and everything like that. You know what we're talking about. Something that's going to be remembered for the next millennia. Something that's going to be remembered in the history books like the Great Floods. That's, you know, may may have been, you know, that it may have happened around Noah, you the know. next black, things black like play? that. Okay. We're talking about the coronavirus. Okay. Last episode, we talked about a couple things. I feel like it was really the earlier stages in America. Yeah, you know, China and everything was Wuhan and everything like that. We've been going through their quarantines. But in America, it was something newer. You know, things were starting to take effect. And something that will be... Part of the reason why it will be remembered forever, the first step that I feel like that I seen was the NBA suspending all activities, all games, all practices, all because the first person that they actually found that had it on their team was prior to the OKC Jazz game where they found out the NBA player and two-time defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert, however you want to pronounce it, is French. Um, they found out he had it prior to tip-off and uh, I think the doctor came rushing out to the half court, said, hey, you need to cancel this game. This needs to be done, which also led to the later game after that. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was the Kings and the Bucks. That game being canceled because one of the referees actually ref the last game that Rudy Gobert played. And it just took a trickle-down effect. Uncle Luke, I want to ask you personally, how has this affected you? And what do you think about all of the circumstances that's happening according to with the NBA and the Masters and things like that being canceled? So now, I think before we get fully into this topic for the next however long we're going to talk about it, I think we should definitely bring up how it all started. And in December of 2019 is when the murmurings of this disease was going around. This virus, not disease, sorry. This virus was going around in China. Whoop de whoop. I remember in January, I brought it up to you that we should talk about it on the topics, but it always got put on the back burner. And now that mm. it has infected, mm. literally infected the United States, I think I'm still on the same foot in the way I talked about mm. last week. Even though as Trump came out and stated, so you're going to be like Trump. You're going to say this it's a hoax <laughs> and then come out and say, whoa, I was playing. It's a national emergency. We need to shut down all flights from Europe. We ain't playing none of that. We about to implement all of these things. And he's, we, we might even put a curfew. We might even make some cities shut down. 
You're saying you're still on the fence that this is bullshit. So what China did that they've been ahead of the curve, even though they were the first country to get it, they had been shut down everything months ago. And mm-hmm. I think they're just now starting to get back up on it too as well. Okay. But from what they've done, they shut down all the sports league, they shut down, you know, public transportation, all that. And with the NBA getting shut down, I think that is kind of the first domino in this long line of events that is that will come that will just show that, hey, we might be getting towards actual quarantine. Now, I don't know if the United States is more open to do, doing that because the money that you put into it and how are you going to make the money back? Is it really the best for the people, for everybody? 3%. Let me say this still. Mm. And, and you can try and throw... I, you know, I said to mm. myself on the right up here, I don't want to bring up anything more about social media, what somebody says on there, because that's not an actual true media outlet. And that you should not give people voices that are just typing behind thumb screens. Mm. Okay. But somebody said, okay, if I give you 100 Skittles and three of them could possibly kill you, are you going to eat any of the Skittles? Of course okay. not. Blah, 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 so blah, let blah, me blah. ask you this. Look, you're saying... From 8 to 80, blind, crippled, and crazy, you don't care who gets it, only the strong survive, fuck them. Basically, that's what you're saying. There are higher mortality rates mm, of things, okay. viruses, even... We could talk about the virus uh, realm of things that infect people more that are more likely to die from catching this infection. So, with that, regardless of how I feel and how me and Elon Musk feel about the topic, mm, that's okay. not the actual okay. facts of what's going on right now. So the NBA is canceled. What are we going to do, man? All the single people out here, you know, it's still cuffing season. It's getting towards mm. the uh, uh, end of winter. From Uncle Luke, spring. Um, what do we do? One of the worst things that's actually happened, and, and I hope she's not listening right now, but since the NBA has been canceled, I've been having to actually have more detailed conversations with my woman. Really? Yeah. You know? I'm not able to turn on the game. I'm not able to escape to have my little worldview. Hey, now it's hey. oh the game ain't on. Come on, let's watch Power. Hey, for real though. Let's watch. Hey, let's watch. For real I, I wanted to. Yes, we. Can. And I'm like, why must I be tortured this way, Uncle Luke? <laughs> what have I done in my but, past but, life but to make that, me go through but this? But is that actual enjoyment though? Is that is that something that you? Oh, you know it is cool now. Uncle now that Luke. that. This thing that's been going on forever since the 60s has been ended and has been so used to your life that you're such a big fan. Is it good to be actually drawn away from it for a while now? Uncle Luke is just, they don't want LeBron to get that chip when he want to get it. Now, before we, there's contingency plans where they've already said, hey, there's a disaster plan where we might not have to, we won't pay y'all for any of the games that y'all didn't pay, you know, play, which they might only give them a percentage. They can do what they want to do in that realm. They're saying up to a month at least before things are resumed. Some of them are saying, look, we may play this season all the way until July or August, which it doesn't really hurt anything that much. I mean, maybe free agency and things like that, but the only thing that's really stopping them from doing anything during the summer, which uh, Mark Cuban came out and said, he said, look, the only reason why we don't really play our games late into the summer is because viewers aren't that well in well the past maybe five years, five years ago, viewers weren't really watching TV during the summer. Which now that you can take your phone wherever you are, I think if it's a playoff basketball, if you're in Cali or you're overseas in Bora, wherever you are, right. if you still have internet connection to where you can watch live TV, you're going to watch it even if you're overseas. That's going to be a, a, a you know an added plus. So I think in this day and age, the summertime playoffs, I think would be amazing, especially after coming off of everything we've been going through with the coronavirus and when things are starting to open back up. I think a lot of people are going to have such a hunger for what they haven't had in so long, I think the views will be out of this world. And if LeBron get the chip this year, that's 
I, viewings from that and just a standpoint from that. But the thing is, a lot of money is being lost. And right, that's the major right. thing I that made... I didn't think they were going to do that just because of the money, man. Okay, so Uncle Luke, does that make you also think, even though you have this preconceived concept that, hey, this isn't that major where, you know, it's only 3%, this, that, and the third... With all of these, with, with these major corporations, as we always say, or well, I mostly say that America's plutoc- a, a plutocracy where the money comes first. In this situation where they're willing to go all the way the route to look, we're willing to risk all of this money and come to a complete halt. Does that add any emphasis to, well, maybe this could be something serious? Or do you just see it as, look, this is just someone protecting their crop. They just don't want their own players to be in the position where they're harmed to come at a loss. And they're only looking at this from the financial standpoint of these players mean more money to us than these next three months of basketball. I think you're talking about two different subjects in one. So when you try to tie it in with the end with basketball, we kind of just breezed over the topic of Rudy Gobert. He was the first NBA player to contract the actual I said C- that. COVID, right? But the videos of him that popped up when oh, he... Oh, rubbing the microphone. Right, when he was uh, uh, sick, he didn't know if he truly had it or not, but he was, you know, kind of not taking it serious. Let me add on okay, to the question. I want you to continue, but let me add on to you because I want you to add this to the, maybe the end of your response. Should Rudy go... It, it came out he will not be suspended and will not be fined. Due to his carelessness and the risk of money that he caused going forward, do you think he deserves some sort of fine or suspension, or do you think this was just him being, you know, ignorant and and, and it does he learned from all of the backlash? I think it's more so ignorancy, not maybe ignorancy, but not taking it as serious as he was. Even mm-hmm. if I was sick, somebody that you know is how I stand about the topic. If I was seeming like I was coming down with some kind of sickness right now. I think that's not the time to be. I mean, he is seven foot two or seven foot one, mm-hmm. and there's not many people that could rebuttal to him or draw some course of action to him, regardless. Are of you what scared, he nigga? Oh, you pussy! Right. So true enough, but with him, I don't know if the Utah Jazz can keep him. Honestly, I don't know if that's. Well, there were. I think you have to move on. From there were reports coming out that the locker room was fractured because exactly. of this, but I don't think this is something that ruins a locker room. And even so, going into the next season, how what percentage of locker rooms stay contact anyways? I mean, players are going to move on anyways when going to a new season. But I think he's such a major centerpiece. It's really hard for them to give up their major defensive anchor and one of their major stars and a co all star for them to just give him up and trade him for something just because of a situation like that. I still think a lot of relationships can be mended, and if not, some players are good enough. And I'm not saying Rudy Gobert is just an all-star. I mean, he's obviously an all-star. Right. He's a superstar in the league. But there aren't that many that come by that easy, and there aren't that many free agents that want to come to Utah. And when you usually get somebody good in a city like that, you really want to hold on to him for as long as you can. That's why Gordon Haywood leaving was such a – it wasn't detriment because they was able right. to come back, but it was a major loss at the time. And I think cities like that, they're not easy to just be like, okay, let's just give up this def- – two-time defensive player of the year and an all-star because of, you know, ignorance. I don't think it's that level, but I do think it goes into the factor of maybe there should have been a fine, which I seen him give 500000 to pay for um, uh, some teams in uh, France or the, the employees, right. I think at the Jazz as well, and maybe OKC he paid for the 500000 towards that, and that could have been a behind-the-door like, hey, we're not going to fine you publicly – but you're going to have to give some money to these organizations to amend some of these things because it even came out that a kid that he signed something for actually had the virus as well, which we don't know if he got it from the kid or the kid got it from him. But 
when articles and things like that are coming out, when you don't have much to talk about other than your league being shut down, there's no games, there's nothing to blow over. Stories like that gets more attention. It's like, look, you have to do a large you know, show of care or apology financially to make some stuff right because a lot of people lost money because of you. In a, in a sue-happy country that we live in right now, do you think somebody could actually take him to court and win in the court of law from him touching all over the mics and coughing at people and doing that? Do you think he will actually lose that case? I, don't, I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know much about litigation, even though I have been sued before and went through the discovery process. I think it's more so in the realm of he didn't know that he was sick so I don't think they could get it off, you know, due to malicious intent, which I don't know. They could spin it a certain way and just say his negligence and, you know, just they could try to spin it to maliciousness. But I don't see anyone getting money from that in, in the times that we're going through right now for somebody to want to go through litigation for something like that. Even though I know a lot of people are money hungry. I just don't think this is a climate for it. And I don't think they would have really got anything for it. And I think it would have been a lot of backlash on that person in that situation. Okay, now back to your first question with Mr. Rudy Gobert out of the topic and in the driver's in the passenger seat for now. Also, two who got positive for the uh, uh, test is his super, actual superstar on the team, Donovan Mitchell. And I remember my girl was telling me, uh, there have been no reported black people that have caught the coronavirus. Well, mm -hmm. it looks like we're also victims as well. But in the NBA sense of the money aspect, and if they what they did was right, or if you know what what is what did what they do? Intentions right, mean? what the intentions are. How do you? I mean, I don't know. They say the season is suspended. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I'm gonna tell you, bro. I just think it's more than likely canceled. Ah, this there. It depends on how long this is going to go on, man. If with it, the best possible situation is in the next two months, the coronavirus slows down. We already have a cure for it, or you know whatever the anti whatever it's called, and it's given out to everybody, and it's not three thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars or whatever it is just to get the test to see if you're pro proven positive for it. Within the next two months, boom, everything's back on schedule. It's a little blessing in the skies for the NBA because they've been talking about how they want to move the season down or change up how they're doing things already, then that's the best possible situation. But as the head doctor for the White House already said, he believes that a third of the population will end up getting this disease. And he said it's either going to happen within the next three months or it can happen within the next year and a half. So with that, I think that's too big of a time frame. Of course, it'll get brought back and... Everything will go back and we'll all live our lives normal and how it's always been used to before something like this happened, a pandemic happened. But with that, I think the season, with them saying suspended, it's them, you know, hoping for the best, but I just don't see it coming within the next No, I think, months. Uncle Luke, I think these people have a lot of money, as shown before, when not that many Americans have been tested in a large amount, if not the whole Jazz team and other players were tested right. so fast and got their results back. I think it's going to get to the point where they're no longer trying to quarantine. They're going to get it to the point, I think Adam Silver said this, where they're treating symptoms. If you have symptoms, we're just going to treat you. Everyone else is going to be able to play. I think it's going to get to a point where they test all of their players in their league. Okay, these are the people that are positive. These are the people that are negative. Even though it's already coming out, several teams, the whole teams are negative. I think it's going to get to the point where, like, okay, we can start this maybe a little earlier than we actually thought. We can get to the point where we're playing with no fans. But we're going to have a shorter offseason. Well, look, we're going to have a shorter 
shorter off season and we're going to start the next season a little later. It's going to be a shorter season. We're going to have our off season to where we can do all our super maxes and our off season and everything like there. And I think it's all going to work out. They're going to even if it's a month. They're going to go that month. They're going to sim all those games. Look, this is where you were at going forward. We may have two or three games left, if not straight to playoffs. Everybody that's in their seeding, this is where we're going to go. They may even go to a point where they do the first two or three rounds out of five and then the finals out of seven. They may even do something where they do that. It was like that before, out of five. Right. Yeah. So it could be a point where, hey, we're shortening the season. We're shortening the games. Everything is going to be you know, shortened to this, and we continue to move on. But I know we talked a lot about the NBA, but this isn't just affecting the NBA. March Madness has been canceled. canceled. A lot of the Masters rescheduled. NHL season rescheduled or postponed. Uh, I know a lot of the NFL, I think they came out and it was like, our season, this may be pushed back a little bit, but we're still going to try to start. This is affecting a lot of people, and it just shows how social... No, that's not the word I want. Your social social image is so important. Okay. If there's a league, which I was just watching the UFC, which are still going on with no fans, but I think that's overseas. If you're viewed in a time like this as somebody that only cares about the money, I think right now, and it's usually every other time in, in America where you people care, like, okay, you you only do this for the money, okay? That's cool. We understand that's capitalism. Uh-huh. But I think right now in this time of you know maybe down, it's almost like during nine eleven, if you were seen doing something against America and you were an American, how everybody oh, yeah. would look you, at you, you and be like, "You're sure. against us." Right now, we're trying to come together. I think right now, even though motherfuckers fighting in stores, busting each other head open for toilet paper, I still think a lot of Americans are like, "Look, let's come together. Hey, stop taking everything you don't need. Let other people have things." We had a knee jerk reaction. Now let's get this in order. I think that is going to last a minute, and then it's going to get to the point where people are like, okay, let's get back to it. And I don't even think we're going to need a whole month, me personally. I think it's going to that's just going to be making sure everything is smoothed over, all the T's across, all the I's are dotted, and then they can go to a point where, look, we're bringing this back, and they won't have a malicious look or intent. Okay, so what I just caught from the end of that, you think within the next month, mm-hmm. everything will be back to normal. Not back for, for to the normal, more but I think for a lot of sports. I mean, look, NASCAR and the Masters postponed their events, right? Which are all the way in June. Are, they are things where the athlete can perform without any direct contact with the crowd. Okay, but how does a basketball game? If we're just talking about the NBA's aspect, how does a basketball game? It just becomes pickup that we're going to be watching on TV, practically. Okay, how much of the game do you... Re- I mean, I know the fans are a part of the game. Every person says this. Everybody knows there's certain arenas where you go to. The crowd is just so crazy that it gets into the player head from the, you know, the, the, the uh, faces in the stands where they have the blow-up uh, faces, where they have the curtain, where they open the curtain when you're about to shoot a free throw and the person's doing something and try to get your attention. Whether it's all of these things, whether it's the cute woman that was in the crowd during the finals at one time that kept looking at Curry drinking a, while she was drinking a straw, all of these things help add to the game, yes. But it's still the game that all the true lovers of the game want to see. Okay. I don't care if it's one fan in the stands. I don't care if it's a, a, a trainer. I don't care about none of that. As long as LeBron James is able to play in this postseason and he's able to get this chip, that's all I really care about, Uncle Luke. I don't care about no. The fans aren't needed. Look, I was I was watching the UFC fight the, uh, today. 
Okay. And they were, you know how they do the long introduction. They call out the name Rory. They do that, and usually the fans go crazy afterwards. He said the name there's silence. But you know what happened after that, Uncle Luke? What? A really good fight ensued afterwards. The fans are a plus, but they are not mandatory. So you want us as a consumer. Mm. Wow, I can't believe you're saying So you want me as a consumer to still tune in, give you my view for your TV revenue shares, mm-hmm. and still not be able to enjoy the game in full effect at the arena itself to be able to put more money into the game. Because you should be understanding yet, of the circumstances. But yet they're still coming together. And right in San Francisco, you can't have an event regardless. Over uh, a thousand with, people. Over 250, I think they said. Even 200, Uncle Luke. If I love this game as much as a lot of fans say they do, the reason why guys go out and get championships tattooed on them, the reason why everybody got the Kobe tattoo, the reason why people love Kobe so much is because of that mentality, look, I want to get this regardless. And if there's an opportunity where they can still get on that floor and give the fans some way something that they want, even if I only can visually watch this on video, even if they set up big screens outside of every – what if they do somewhere they do – uh, they have the, small viewing sessions work. with oh, large okay. screens where people can pay to come to the viewing sessions. Maybe you're even behind glass. I don't know. But there's ways that they can figure this out where we can still get basketball or football or baseball or hockey or cricket or badminton without having to worry about, oh, the fans have to be there. That's just a stand. That's a hill I'm willing to die on. So, the block. The Kyrie 3. Mm-hmm. Those certain, just those moments in time for basketball that will forever live on in we'll history. Will still be amazing moments without fans in the stands. Okay, you're crazy. I, I, I just don't see. I just don't Uncle see that. I, I mean, look, as just as basketball recently, by itself, you can have golf. The Masters can still happen. They should still have the Masters. They should still have all those other sporting events to where you don't need a crowd there to be able to give you that energy and for them to be able to truly experience it. But for basketball, it's. Man, when I saw it on TV, when you're 30 years from now, when I saw LeBron have the chase down block, it's not going to have that same effect as it is going to have if you were actually in Golden State being able to watch it. Uncle the game. Luke, the That's only cool. reason why there's fans in the stands right now is for ego purposes of the players. That's the only reason why they're saying it's for ego purposes of the players. So when you hit that shot, the fans go crazy. Oh, I really hit that shot. If the fans aren't there, you still hit that shot. Okay. And you still have the viewership through television. It's not like nobody's watching. Now it would be crazy. People are still watching. It'll be crazy to see what if they do come back within the next month and they say, you know, we're, we're still going to have these games. It's too much money on the line, which will probably be the definitely the factor that will sway the decision if they come back or not. It's too much money on the line. It'll be funny to see what players do better when their crowd is empty, <laughs> when the arena is empty. Because it's like no, that. it's no yeah. anxiety. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let me ask you this, Uncle Luke. Since you're uh, still a part of the view that this is still being overblown, this isn't a serious disease. It's only three percent of people <laughs> being affected. What what was your what was your initial reaction when you saw Tom Hanks and his wife? It came out that she had. I mean, they had it. Charles Barkley possibly having it, you know, being under the weather and still waiting his results. 
um, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, all of the names that we can say, wow, we can put a face to these people and say, because, you know, it's easy to look at something or say, oh, it's affecting you, someone, but you don't even know what the people look like that it's affecting. To you, it's just something going on that you don't have no idea what it looks like, what it smells like, what it is. You just know that it's happening. But now when you actually have faces to it, when you can look at a Donovan Mitchell, when you can look at a Tom Hanks, when you can look at a Rudy Gobert, does that add something to it for you, or is it still you're at the same scale? It definitely doesn't. I'm still standing ten toes where I was at because someone who, uh, uh, you know, who shits on the healthcare system that we have in America, especially Mr. Malice Martell himself, who talks about all the flaws that we have right now, the tests aren't for us. You know, mm. let's be honest about that. What do you mean by us? What do you mean by that? I don't have any health insurance. Mm, okay. I don't even know how. Who even knows how much the actual health insurance will be able to put up for it if you try to get the test anyway? I don't even know if they would cover. I seen a woman; she was in court, and I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know this. I just was passing by a video on Twitter. I watched it, and she was going through the expenses of getting the test, getting to isolation, and everything like that. And it came out to like four thousand dollars right. in total. I mean, obviously, people can't afford to even go and get tested, which adds worse to it. I seen this one um, gif, and I think it's from a movie where it's one guy. He, it's too hard to really get into detail. I don't even know why I started that, but I think, me personally, Uncle Luke, yeah, it could be something small, and even when it came out in 2013 or 2014, when it was like the coronavirus, yes, it's here, but it's not you know strong enough to really cause any harm. Right. I think as things, as viruses, because I don't usually look at humans as computers, and viruses are just like how you get a virus on a computer. Yeah, at first it may be something small, but as viruses continue to go from later, person to person, yeah. grow and grow, develop, evolve, it becomes it's something, something to where it's like we can, we're in a 12 monkey situation. So I don't think, I'm, I'm not in the same mindset as you right now when I'm looking at Initially, I may have been on the fence, but I think not even if the virus isn't as big as we think it is, I think the hype and the panic around it has added a lot to it to make things worse. I mean, Uncle Luke, I've been trying to go to the grocery store the past three days, not because I'm trying to stack up on this and the third, but because it just was around a time where I had to go and get groceries. People were in the stores acting like it's re- I-, I am legend pre-everybody being dead. People really go all the way hard body, and I mean, now they have more provisions on, okay, you can't get this amount, you can't get that amount, but when in circumstances like this, people make it 10 times worse. That's why I always, it's weird to me when people try to make arguments about how we're so far removed from our ancestors of, you know, other species, and they look at us like, oh, we're no, we're no longer in that states. primordial states. We're no longer in that position. But I think in due circumstances, the human will show that we are still cousins to the bonobo or the chimp. Like, I think we come out and we show, like, in certain instances, in certain instances we're still that animal that we, aren't, we think we aren't anymore, if you ask me personally. And I think circumstances like this just shows us even more. And, I mean, this is when we really find out a lot about ourselves as a society. Look, something small in America, let's just go from that point, I mean, worldwide as well, can take us out. We think we're so far removed. We think technology has taken us to a point where, look, we're so close to being immortal. We're almost close to crypto, you know, cryogenic therapy or, you know, what, what, what the Walt Disney, where they're trying to put him in, where you can freeze the body and take the consciousness and then upload it and this, that, and the third. When, when you really think about it, the certain viruses can still wipe us out. We're not... And the world will go on without us. The Earth will continue. There may be another species that come out and evolve from us, but 
we're replaceable, Uncle Luke. So I think that was the perfect transition into I think the repercussions of the COVID nineteen. I really don't want to say coronavirus because it's like a it's a language. you want to seem like you're a linguist. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a lot going on when you say coronavirus every time. But with COVID nineteen, the repercussions I feel that is going to have on the world. So I work for Walmart, right? Mm-hmm. Walmart. I work at Big the brother. actual warehouse. Big brother. <laughs> So, at the warehouse, we've been getting beat up the past three, four days. We've been staying 12 hours late every day, you know. Overtime. For sure. And you know what they did yesterday at work? What they do, Uncle Luke? They said, get with your manager before you leave. Everybody who works here at the warehouse is getting a free six-pack of toilet paper. (laughs) Now, I just thought to myself, and and when I grabbed this toilet paper to try and take it out to walk home... (laughs) It had, they they gave you a a list of everybody's name in the whole warehouse, and you had to sign off for it that you took the warehouse. This uh, nigga Luke been worked extra forty hours for five dollars, <laughs> five dollars worth of Tupac. So you think this toilet paper is going to make me feel good about staying at this job, or is it going to try and keep me here? No, I don't care how how scarce toilet paper ever gets, how scarce any item will ever get. I don't care about something. I never understood. Just... I, we might have talked about this last episode. I don't understand why you have to stock up on toilet paper. If it's really the apocalypse, you can wipe your ass with the Bible if you want to. Why do you need a stockpile of toilet paper? Or just buy groceries just to begin with. Like, why does anything happen in the world and the first thing people think to do is go buy groceries? Well, if you're stocked into your house, I can understand getting canned goods and non-perishable things okay, just but... to survive. But the toilet paper, that, that's the one thing where I'm like, I don't understand that. So you actually think that we are on the way to actually being quarantined? Nobody can go to work. Nobody can do this. How does how do prisons even function? Like how, Uncle how Luke, does that happen? I, I've seen reports, and it's hard because I haven't get a, got a major confirmation. My sources have been feeding me a lot of information, <laughs> uh, but I haven't got a confirmation on if this will happen. But there are people saying that Houston may go on a lockdown, like another countries have been on lockdown. Not just Houston, but a lot of countries in America. Um, not countries, I said countries, America. states in America State and cities in America. If it gets to that point, Uncle Luke, I don't know. I don't. You have to factor in what you would have needed and the effects of this going out of it. I think we're in for, I'm no stock guy, Uncle Luke. I, I don't know any of these things. Now, now, now that's Either we're in for a major, but like a major upgrade or a major fall off. Now that's also something's something, about to happen. After that's this. something I just wanted to note. Somebody is going to make it out of here, a billionaire after it. After so you think the next this. Rockefeller is going to be out of this? For one? sure, because Warren Buffett said it himself: "Be greedy when others are being timid, and be timid when others are being greedy." So it just tells you the highs and lows of the stock market. Everybody's been trying to worry about when it's going to crash. I think this might be the tip of the iceberg to actually. Finally sent it that way. And did you see Walmart stock is up 10%. People are buying right shopping now. is up, you know, I hundreds. Think, but I also think that comes a lot, a lot from the image of when Trump made the actual, you know, statement that, hey, now we're in a national emergency. And they were talking about the drive-through actual test. And they were like, look, Walmart, they will uh, allow you to use their um, parking lots, which... I always, you know, there used to be an old conspiracy theory about Walmarts actually being doubled as FEMA camps. If things go wrong, I really think that would be true as big as they are and as much money they have and the connections. But 
I think that's the major reason why a lot of people buy those stocks because they're like, look, they're doing this. They're going to be up. Let me buy this now. And I think it's just really, you know, stock manipulation. But I think this is going to have major effects going forward. Sure, and yeah, I just really want to see what would happen. And I don't want this to happen. But if the city, the cities do shut down, just the effects it has during that time and afterwards, will they, you know, bring us food? Because everyone does, even the people that went and shopped and everything like that, they don't have a good two weeks worth of stock food. They got like Pop-Tarts. Right. They got Tyson chicken nuggets. They got <laughs> Rice Krispie treats. But they're going to need a lot of things going after this. And I think that it's going to be a situation where we're really going to see, hey, how do we react as a world? Not even a society. And I know there are some countries that have been fighting the virus earlier than us, right. doing all of the right, you know, replications. Because oh, France is shut down. Like they stopped. Everything. I think we're going to get to the point where we're going to get shut down, Uncle Luke. I think that you, is you very think you, possible. You truly do think that? Do you think that's that? Is that just more of a state governing? Do you think just Houston, like you said, will just implement it first and then it'll go to a national level, or do you think Trump is going to say, "Hey, for this month, nobody goes anywhere"? You know how Uncle Luke, we were just looking at the NBA shutting down and saying, "Wow, look at all that money that they're mm, making." Think it might be a trickle losing. down effect. I think it may. Not, yes, trickle down, but I think it also may be we're looking at it like, wow, if they're willing to shut everything down, they're willing to lose money. This must be serious. When actually they may be looking at it from even a step above that. Like, look at all Another the money we can save right. or and make if we cut this off right now. We can save money while they think we were losing it. We would be actually saving more money than our loss would be if we kept open. If they give and us a when date, we come yeah. back, everything's going to boom like we need it to boom. If they give us a date, hey, on April 12th, that's it. For that month, after April 12th till whenever, you know, everybody's going to buy everything. It'll be a month of craziness. Do you think out. it will happen as something Sounds like one day they just say, hey, look, starting this day, you know, maybe this upcoming Friday, everything will be shut down to X, Y, Z? Or do you think it'll be a, a process where they start off, hey, we're going to have curfew, stay, you know, nationwide curfew, then shorter, shorter, then get to the point where like, okay, we're all the way shut down. I don't see the point of doing curfews because then you're still going to be having people with social interactions regardless. If the thing is to contain it because, like I said, the head doctor for the White House said he thinks a third of America could be likely to get it. What they want to do is trying to stop the spread of it from going so quickly. So instead of everybody getting it within the first three months of it happening over here to everybody just getting it within a year and a half and then they're able to come up with antitoxins and being able to... Uh, what? Go ahead, my brother. Go ahead. You know, you know, people are used to hearing the two talking heads of Uncle Luke and Malice Martell. We're going to have a recurring guest, someone that's actually been on this show before, but coming back, Blade. He's going to tell us his opinion on the COVID-19 and if he thinks we're overreacting or if he thinks this is justified reaction. Well, you know, Uncle Luke, Malice, I'm not going to say we're overreacting or if it's justified, but I do just want to point out, and let's say the coronavirus is, you know, a lot of people think it's fake. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just how easy it is for the government to really turn this into a police state. Like if they do shut everything down. Mm, so you're going Nobody all the way. Ten not four. tenfold. Yes, tenfold. You want to say, hey, this could just be a major preparation for martial law and getting us into something where, you know, the Bilderbergs or the major groups that run the world and trying to get this one world or order, they all came in their major meeting, you know, almost like the League of, uh, what's the League of Villains in a sense. And I'm just using this as an anecdote, not trying to say this is what it was. They came together and said, look, we need to find a way 
or see how complicated it would be if we created or we recreated a process where we create a state of pandemonium amongst every country. And this may be a faux or fox or however you may want to call it or farce, you know, virus. But let's see how we can get or how easily everybody will fall in line and go into curfews or shutdowns based off what we say and how long it will take and what things may go wrong. Is that the route you may be going with it or is it? Was I slightly off? Yeah, that's exactly exactly what I'm uh, thinking. I do think that we're on our way to a police state. And uh, I don't really see any way around it if it keeps going at this pace. Thank you so much for your opinion. If, anytime you want to chime in, just let us know. We will take your you know opinion. You're, you're like our, our who, who would you say, Kenny. We're Shaq and Chuck. And, you know, you're Kenny Smith <laughs> when we need you to go to the board. And I really do appreciate that, that, that information. But, Uncle Luke, what do you have to say about what Blade just said and his – you know, proponent of this could just be trying to get us into a police state. To me, I think that also ties into with every presidential election year, apparently a mm. new virus comes up, a new swine flu, SARS, uh, 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 Ebola. Uh, mm-hmm. Every election year, apparently something new happens every four years to where it's some kind of outbreak. To think in that kind of aspect, I'm not ruling out everything. Like I said, I I'm still kind of iffy on this whole subject to begin with. Mm. So anything that could be, you know, thrown out there or enthralled, I guess I can get on board for it. Well, Uncle Luke, if I you appreciate have, every opinion. If you're coming with that mindset, are you a believer in, you know, people say it's good to have an open mind, but it's also ha- possible to have a mind so open that your brain falls out? <laughs> That's funny. To where I've you never... kind of have to have a depth, like, look, Everything could these all these things could be possible, but I think this is the most likely. So you can have some defined to where everything doesn't mean nothing. Some things have definition. You know, honestly, I would only be able to have a rock solid opinion on this whole situation is if I kept up with everything from when it mm-hmm. first happened in China in 2019. Tonight. I think honestly, and it's honest. it's really hard. Just to stay all the way informed because right. if you're paying attention to everything, you're getting so many conflicting reports. That's one thing to me that just shows us in a state of true panic, the media is going to do us so wrong. If America gets, you know, you know, forbid, knock on wood, bombed or there's another major catastrophe or for something on a major scale level, this is just giving me more and more information as to the media will always or 99% be wrong. Right. During those first maybe two, three days of something going on, they're going to have every different other opinion and each one has to have this one and I have to skew this this way because if I say too much of that, then it makes me look like I'm aligning with this. And it puts in a, in a situation where you're having so many different information. One minute you see, okay, wear a mask because it can protect you from the virus. <laughs> can. Then you're seeing some people say, hey, it's too big. The mask won't be able to stop it or it's, it's the mask isn't thick enough. Then you see some people that it's just so many different things that I've said. Some people saying the virus is airborne. Some people saying it's actually, you have to be in contact. Some it's so much different information and so much misinformation that social media puts out there. And that's the reason why I want to get from even plugging it all and saying, I saw this or I read that because we get so many things misconstrued and so many things just tied up and jumbled up from what we know for sure. For a fact, it's a virus, right? It can only be contracted through actual contact. It is not airborne. You cannot, you know, you know, transfer this virus from one person to another just by coughing. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't even make any sense from 
people uh, going crazy in stores when they see people get sick. You know, mm-hmm. it's fucking allergy season, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So I don't know how we move on from this. You know, the world will never be the same. I think, like I said, bro, we'll be writing about this in history books when they revise it every 20 years. It will definitely be in the new history books. I don't know if it'll be, you know, as cat- catastrophic or will impact or kill 150 million people like the Black Plague or something like that. But this is true history that we're living in right now. And I think with this being such a major news story, this would have been the best week to get caught having gay sexcapades like Andrew Gilliam or being convicted and getting sentenced to 23 years like a Harvey Weinstein because it's such a major story that all of the other juicy Mm. stories that may have been top, you know, front news. What we would have talked about. It took a major backseat. Harvey Weinstein just got convicted to 23 years. Somebody that we brought up several times on this podcast before. The person that was one of the major spearheads of the Me Too. Does this mean one that the Me Too movement, not saying it came to an end, but was successful? And if you listen to our earlier episodes, we were two people that were saying, look, this may have been taken out of proportion. Some people that are innocently, you know, innocent relationships could now be put in situations where if somebody wants monetary gain, can be skewed to a sense of being you know, as we said earlier, malicious intent, or is this a situation where, no, people that are doing filthy, dirty, disgusting things and having bad business practices are being brought to the forefront in a, tent, in a sense to correct things that were wrong in the previous situations, previous decades, previous eras, however you want to align it, do you think it could be seen in, which light do you think is seen more in? So the Me Too movement was a social media movement, of course, that, you know, started and blah, blah, blah. But that's what I was on the fence about. Harvey Weinstein, I've heard about him from my mom. She used to tell me about him from when I was a kid, from the movies he made and, you know, all the things that he was suspected of doing from, you know, 10 years ago. So I knew he should have been thrown under the jailhouse. And it just serves, you know, it's great for the women that are out there that, you know, actually were able to speak up and, actually start this movement, and I definitely think it was a success just from this 23 years. Okay. Now, look, go ahead. I want to ask you this, and I know there's more things we probably can get into with the coronavirus, but I kind of wanted to throw this in there because I feel like this story shouldn't be swept under the rug, which I know that Epstein wasn't really swept under the rug, but it's in the same alignment. Do you think, one, how would this affect a lot of black people, that black men like R. Kelly, which has just been brought up on new charges, and a um, Bill Cosby, how do you think this will affect them and future charges? And do you think he's going to get Epstein, or do you think he's just going to bite the bullet and do his time and not rat on anyone? Now, what they also been saying, too, is that some of the reasons why Harvey Weinstein hasn't been able to be indicted or hasn't been charged until now is because them Democrats have been holding him down because he's been a conglomerate. He's been feeding them money for years. Which is kind of crazy to think a guy like him of his stature can be de- democratic, but you know that's just his thing, regardless. But I, I don't know. Something new might come up. You know, he might be able just to sit five out and then get ten years parole or something. He is kind of older up there, regardless. I don't know how much of this actual time that he serves, but for him to even see a prison, the inside of a prison, and to live that lifestyle, I think is a win-win for it for guys like Bill Cosby and. Who else did you just bring up? R. Kelly. R. Kelly. I don't think that does anything for them. If anything, it makes it worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if that's what you meant. Because if they're able to get somebody as huge as Harvey Weinstein is, he's not as huge to people who might just hear his name. 
but he's definitely one of the reasons uh uh you know nine times out of ten one of the movies that happened in the 90s was because of him in the early 2000s was because of him he was running hollywood that big so for that i just don't think you know especially with what they have on r kelly what they had on bill cosby uh, I think they'll definitely just be sitting out their time. I don't know how long it is until R. Kelly's uh, court date is going to be coming up, but he might want to be pushing it back just to get all the press and release from Harvey Weinstein going under. Uncle Luke, not to just you know be everywhere like bird shit, but it just made me that that situation is just made me think when you said Hollywood, it made me go to black actors in Hollywood and the things like that. And recently I was on my phone, you know, I'm scrolling and I seen there was a new video out with look by Yo Yachty. Right. So I go on a video, it's called Oprah's Bank Account. It's about how a girl looks so good like Oprah's Bank Account. But in the video, he's interviewing Drake and he's dressed in Oprah memorabilia from the hat, I mean, from the hair weave to the makeup to the earrings to the dress and everything like that. Wearing the blow. And I wanted to get your perspective on that. Is that just artist expression? Is that something trying to come out of Lil Yachty? Is it just the media or just, you know, the, the, the entertainment business making things go how they typically have gone in the past? What is your opinion on that? Now, with someone who's been called gay, you know, most, not most of my life growing up, but some of my life growing up from people just assuming things and what they thought of me. Mm. Someone like Lil Yachty who's a little different and can, you know, if he's feel comfortable wearing women's clothing and things like that, I understand. But... Mm. I think this, I mean, I bring him up almost every week now. Dave Chappelle has already highlighted what Hollywood does to these actors. I mean, you've seen him in Terry Crews. Just for a check, I don't think there's any amount of money. I don't care if it's artist expression, if it was his own video. Did he direct the video by himself? He had to get some kind of influence from somewhere to put that on. Even if you know that is going to get a lot of laughs and it's going to make you a lot of money and it's going to propel your career. You don't have to do anything with another man. You just have to dress like a, a fat booty black woman and and do that and make videos or anything like that. Would you be okay Under with that? Under no circumstances am I putting on women's clothing in any facet or any... Now, 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 now let me say this before my girl come out and mm-hmm. <laughs> throw me under the bus. I have worn her pants before when there was literally... All of our clothes were dirty in the house and I had nothing else to wear. Wasn't there a picture before. of you dressed like Oscar De La Hoya when he had the heels on and the boxing gloves? Oh, that, that too. I, I just cannot ever ever see myself wearing something like that and, and i'm not saying it's toxic toxic masculinity or mm-hmm. i'm too but that's too, what too, the, the scope a lot of people would look at that if us two sat here and said that nigga gay for wearing it a lot of people would look at it and say which we've even said before on the show and i would be kind of being a hypocrite which it is human to be hypocritical when i said i mean look at three i'm starting to be in the line of the mindset where what you wear doesn't Define that you're a gay automatically, but sometimes what you wear can be like you are aligning with something that gives people a mindset that oh you're like you like this or you want to be called this. To where if I see somebody, we've become so progressive now as a society. If I see someone in public and they're dressed, they have makeup on, they have a wig on, they have you know a dress on, heels on, but they have a manly. They obviously a man, and a lot of cases people are going to ask them do they want to be called he or she or their pronouns, right. and based off that they're going to go with it. So I don't think you can blame someone for seeing someone wearing makeup, earrings, a dress, and everything like that and assuming, oh, this person is gay. I don't think that's wrong. I think it's just people making an assessment. And yeah, you won't act upon it and say, oh, so you're gay. You can ask someone to respect it. But I don't think you can blame someone if they have the automatic impression, even if they're trying to be open-minded and progressive, to say this person might be gay. 
So that's kind of where you're standing on that. Oh, yeah, you never answered the question yourself. Do you, in any circumstances, are you putting on women's clothing and being in front of a video camera for millions and millions of people to see? Uncle Luke, on three occasions, I've put on a woman's wig. Twice when I was a kid and once when I was uh, trying to be Andre 3000 in the Hey Y'all video and I was wearing my girlfriend's wig. I will be honest and I will be an open book. An open book. Recently, I have gotten my ears pierced, Uncle Luke. Okay. Okay. If I go on first take and I'm there with Stephen A., they may make, may ask me to go to the makeup room. I'm definitely not wearing makeup on TV ever again. Uncle Luke. Okay. They may want some blemishes to be hidden. Okay, Uncle Luke. If I go overseas to Scotland, Uncle Luke, or Ireland, I think it's Scotland, and they ask me to wear a... Um, a kilt? A kilt. I may wear a kilt, Uncle Luke. But I will not dress up as a woman to to make comedy or to express something that is not me. If it's something where I'm like, okay, this is a, I think it all, it, it, Uncle Luke, it all boils down to societal standards and what they say is okay or what society says. When you do this, it means this. You could be overseas in some country or some foreign land where their native thing that they do, they dress up in what you may perceive as women clothing, but to them, this is their manliest manly garb. You only can wear this if you didn't scalp 15 motherfuckers right. and fuck every woman in the tribe. Right. Then you can wear this. So I think it boils down to societal standards, and I think for each person, you define that but you also cannot blame people for coming up with their own definitions and having a perception. I think you only can live for who you are and what you define as your life, and that's what you build your basis and your model off of. So me personally, no, I will not, but I will not knock somebody for doing it. If he says he's not gay for doing it, okay. Niggas have lied in the past, but <laughs> unless you know that person, unless you've seen that person doing some, 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 some behind-the-door, back-door stuff, then you can't fully assume something. You but can only say... But now are we being biggest by trying to paint that in a negative light to say that, oh, he might be gay? I've never said it with any negative... I don't think I've said it with any negative well, connotations. Uh, well, I don't know. Some people might hear that and say, oh, well, does it have to be a thing to be gay? Why can't it just be normal? Why are you trying to paint it in this way to where it just can't be the standard now? I mean, niggas being gay, niggas gonna keep being gay, but I'm gonna call it gay. <laughs> like, as, as I'm not saying it like... That, I'm not like on some Riley shit like that, that nigga gay. I don't care, but I'm going to state something that's obvious. If somebody's on fire, I'm going to say, that nigga on fire. If somebody bleeding, I'm going to say, this nigga bleeding. If somebody's gay, I'm going to say, that nigga, that nigga gay. gay. <laughs> so it's not me stating something with a negative commentation on it. It's just me and my assessment of what I've seen going on. And if the person says, look, yeah, that may be what you perceive, but I'm not gay. Now, Uncle Luke, I want to do... I kind of want to do the transition because okay. with you, what you just said, it kind of reminded me of these lyrics this rapper just put out. Oh, when well, Biggie was me, like, you're so fine, uh, sick. Uh, uh, your daddy's dick? No, uh, uh, tell me if you know the artist. My pants so tight, can't tell if they women or men's. Didn't Lil Uzi Bird just say that recently? Wow, round of applause for Malice Martell. He is on this Lil Uzi Bird wave. Now, we did talk about him last week on the mm -hmm. pod when uh, uh, he finally dropped the turn on Speaking of someone that do dress very, as yeah, you yeah. said, you cannot tell if it's men or <laughs> boy. He didn't say men or woman. He said boy or girl. Right, right, right. So, yeah, he is a kind of smaller, too, anyway. Mm -hmm. So, 
he did actually end up dropping the deluxe tape for Eternal Take. I think he's kind of calling it Love is Rage 2. No, Love versus the World. Uh, yeah, Lil Uzi Vert versus the World 2 as the deluxe version. It's kind of his own album. It's the first 13 songs. But it's still deluxe. Rest. Lil How Uzi Vert about it? Lil Uzi Vert is about to go on a future 3P. Mm. On the future monster, I wanted to ask you that. Mode. I wanted to ask you that, bro. I don't think Lil Uzi Vert is missed yet, bro. I don't think he, he has not. Yet. He has not. I don't know an artist other than maybe Young Thug for me or Future that can drop out two full albums of content. He didn't drop no EP, five song EP. He mm. dropped two 14, 13, 15 plus song albums of new music yeah there was one song uh, i think it was p2 where he used all my friends are dead beat and he remixed it to make the part two version but every song on there yes summer league some of this some of that all music that he put out and i jam out of maybe 30 songs there's three where i'm not like i'm rushing to play that they're not bad maybe one are bad one is bad but <laughs> all of the other songs are amazing they're you know listen they're re-listenable they're, they're songs that can make a playlist. And for me personally, when I listen to a lot of the newer albums now, or just albums, period, that first play usually isn't what keeps me coming back to the right. album. There may be one song where I come back to that song. There's a couple songs where you find out later, damn, I, I didn't even know this song was on there. But for a lot of albums, it's a slow growth with me. Even that last Future, future that sure, last yeah. Future album that he dropped, it had to grow on He's me. The it's songs that, on there yeah. that had to grow on me. But with this Lil Uzi Vert album, a lot of those songs on there hit immediately for me. And I know it may be, as, as it came out, the first album was expected to sell 325,000 units, which is crazy. That's crazy. That's almost Drake and Kendrick numbers, like uh, a huge Lil Uzi Vert. Well, nobody, I don't, sales-wise, and I'm nobody not a big fan Drake. of them. But nobody's touching Drake sales wise. But it, it's kind of in that plethora that to where high, he's higher elite, than everybody else. Yes. Elite realm. Yes, I will agree with that. And it's really good music. It's really good music from him going on a three year hiatus, going through everything he's going through. He's shown that an artist in this day and age, where we're so used to saying this is a microwave era, you have to stay consistent, you have to drop multiple projects, you have to keep putting out songs, you have to be on features, which he has been on features, but in a in a state where we're a lot of artists are no longer doing the one album a year where they're doing, I'm dropping projects, projects, singles, singles. Stay he can relevant. go three years without dropping a major project and still sell 325000 on a surprise release it doesn't make any sense yeah, to where yeah. he's able to do that. It may be Drake numbers if he would have had a, a full rollout. So it's crazy to me that this dude can drop this much music back to back. And it's really been able to help me in this time of the coronavirus because you're not able to watch TV. You're not able to do this. So I've been able to just listen to a lot of good music from this guy. And he's really been added to a lot of my playlists with this new album. So have it slowly started to grow on you, Uncle Luke? I mean, I remember last week you gave it a good review. Was It, it wasn't really great. Has it grown on you? Has it regressed on you? How are you feeling about it? I think I'm still kind of in the same boat of where I was at. It's obviously some songs that just, you know, this is a banger. Obviously, this is a single uh, that way. That is really good, honestly. But I'm still, I'm still more so in the same boat as I was. That Yes Sirski, that verse from 21 Savage, was just what I needed from 21 Savage to let him know that he's still out there. He's still well, active. Look, to, to not divert you too much and digress and go on a tangent. Okay, but okay. 21 Savage, his trajectory for me, from what it was originally seen okay, as being go. from yeah. Slaughter, Slaughter Your Daughter, 
to what he's been able to do now, dropping whole albums where people are saying, look, this is a great album. From Slaughter Your Daughter, from Wow, to everything like that, from Partments, which were great, was really good music. It was really good music. I'm not taking that from him at all. But to continually grow and grow into a bigger artist and be more known as an artist and be more diverse, that to me has been major. But yes, continue about your review of that. Yeah, yeah. Just shouts out to 21 Savage and what he's all always been able to do since just consistency. Mm -hmm. But like you said, I think you just stated it so well for you to have to have features and just to see who do you have on your feature for your music now or who who's co-signing this and who's co-signing that for him to drop the first album uh eternal take with just one feature from sid and then you know have the second the deluxe edition with all the other features i just think yeah it really genius. was and i i, I kind of want to just put you on the hot seat a little bit mm. too because I do remember last week when we were talking, you did say that this would definitely be a top 10 album of the decade already. I mean, God, mm. the decade just started. I mean, Blade is a huge music uh, uh, aficionado over here, too, as well. Okay, to right we will you. get Blade's opinion on this, but let me rephrase I, that. I just want you to double down on it. Let me rephrase that. It could possibly be top 10 of the decade, but I want to say I think it was really great in setting the pace for what's going forward for okay, 2020 nice, and nice, forward. Nice. I think it's really setting to implement, like, look, a lot of great music is about to come out this decade, which it was good music from the 2010s to 2020, great music that came out as well. But I just think that the 2020s is about to be like the 1990s in the, in the sense that shit just about to go crazy. I think it's, we don't even have an idea where music is about to go. I yeah, think so that's a good point. We the don't. Migos trap beats, which we, we, I understand some of the Uzi beats was the the Uzi or the, the typical, you know, more so Southern trap beat style, you know, beat pad. Right. But I just think the great execution, the music, how a lot of songs are, sound different. None of them sound so much the same. I just think we're about to head in a in a in a way when it comes to music where we're just gonna be in a whole different landscape, me personally. I think that's a great way to end the show, man. Now let me get you out of here so you can get your uh, uh, your night started. I think you got some big plans going on, man. Is is that something y'all do like recently? I think y'all do that pretty often, huh? If if you know me or you know the real me, you know as Lil Wayne once said, a lot of y'all think Lil Wayne is Wheezy, but Wheezy is Wayne. You know, I know you guys understand who Malice Martell is, the outgoing, the social, the, the controversial, the person that gives you that bug in your ear, the flying ointment. Mm. But, you know, Tyson, the real me, mm. I'm, I'm not who you think I am. Oh, okay. I'm more so reclusive. And, and I'm more so to myself. So mm. the times that I do, I am able to go out and be social and not be a... You know, you enjoy it a lot. You, yes, I. That, now that's 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 a stretch. Okay. It's never a time where I'm out and I'm not thinking about being at home with a brother. Mm, okay, I think you're. you're but true. when I am in a situation where I'm able to have fun, I try to embrace it as much as I can, and I'm living on experiences now. I mean, we all can save up money and put bread in the bank, but you need those experiences. Every time something fucked up has happened to me, or sometimes something didn't go my way. I've always had a mind state of use this experience, soak it up, love it, you know, and grow from it. And so now I'm taking I'm taking the experiences of being more social and absorbing that more and being like, look, I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to become a better me. I've already seen it's weird to me because, you know, with Kobe passing mm. with the coronavirus, 
with everything that's been going on in 2020, everybody like, man, fuck 2020, cancel 2020. Even LeBron came out and said cancel 2020. Um, for me personally, I know this may sound selfish, but I've been up. Mm. And I know what's going up from here. Mm. You know, I'm feeling like a hoe right now. Happiness over everything, cuz. <laughs> you feel me? Like Janae Aiko said. Bring up Janae Aiko. Hey, Blade, is there anything that you want to leave the viewers with? Just a little tidbit, just a little uh, uh, quote, now, anything. Well, I will let you know this. Blade is sipping on some already, like like Shannon in the morning on, on, on uh, Undisputed, okay? Yeah. <laughs> He's been sipping all day, so if he say something out of the wild, you know... The Southern Knowledge Podcast does not endorse some of these opinions. <laughs> Just a little but, home. Yeah, well, and you, you said you had a personal rant as well to go at me as, as a co-host of this show. Please let that out as well. Well, let's just say personal rant, you know, probably will be coming soon. No, you know, speak your mind now, this, Nick. This Blade, Blade speaking here. This is my second appearance on the show. Mm-hmm. But next, next time will be my third appearance. So just I think know, the, I think the audience can count. But just continue. know Southern Knowledge Podcast Blade Trinity uh-huh. will be in full effect, and I do have a lot to say. We we asked you for an opinion, not an endorsement. Can you please give us an opinion? We asked you for a Lucy Vert opinion, and you said you had a rant for the show. Now, are you going to speak on that? Southern Knowledge Podcast Blade Trinity will be in full effect soon. Okay, thank you, soon. Okay, thank you, uh, Uncle Luke. Is there anything you want to say? To wrap up this episode, whether it's, you know, advice to the audience to, about how to prepare through this ongoing crisis we're going through or something in your personal that you want to speak. Is there anything you want to say to wrap up this episode and, you know, give to our fans? You know, I think this has been a really great episode. I think you entitling us coming back to resurgence is, it, resurgence is just so fitting. But it'll be kind of uh, nice, you know, actually just nice to see what the news and what uh, uh, leads us within the next couple of weeks, especially what's going on with COVID. So just be on the lookout for that and just make sure you guys stay tuned in. So I am Uncle Daddy Luke. This is Matter Smart Tales. This is Southern Knives Podcast, you a- damn dirty, dirty apes. apes. Good hour. Blade